Hey guys, welcome to episode 49 of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Uh, This is a really special one. Uh, We finally, finally got to do an interview with James Ellsworth, someone we've been trying to get on the podcast since day one. Um, So this is is really awesome. Uh, James was the best guest. Um, His energy was infectious. Uh, You can tell why fans just gravitate towards this guy. Uh, He tells a story about a huge mistake he makes on day one uh, of being in the WWE, a no-no for enhancement talent and how he got past that uh, and why he was paranoid afterwards when Vince McMahon called him in his office. Uh, You know, he does address some things in his personal life and, you know, rumors um, running rampant in the wrestling world and, and how people on social media just quite frankly, believe any and everything that they hear. Um, He addresses a comeback and, you know, how he would book it. And honestly, this is probably my favorite interview to date. Not going to lie. But before we get into the interview, please, wherever you're listening to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review. Or if right now, go to youtube.com slash Kenny for your thoughts. Um, and definitely give us a thumbs up on our video. Subscribe to our YouTube as well. All right, guys, without further ado, our interview with James Ellsworth. Hey, this is James Hellsworth, uh, and you're listening to Kenny for His Thoughts Podcast. All right, and now the interview portion of our podcast. We have someone very, very special to the podcast. Someone who, when I started the podcast a year ago, the end of September, I, I made it a goal. So he doesn't know this, but I made it a goal to get James Ellsworth on this podcast. And we have the man himself, James Ellsworth, joining us right now. James, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Look at that. You set a goal, you set a president, a president, and then you accomplished it. See how easy that is? Dude, all I had to do was ask you, and you were gracious enough to join us, man. That that means a lot. What made you want to do this, to come on the podcast with just a couple couple Joes, a couple Marks like ourselves, if you will? <laughs> uh, that's what I am. I'm just a, a Joe. I'm just a Mark. So, I mean, I have no problem coming and talking to you guys. Like, I'm... Like, I always feel like we're all human, man. Like, nobody's above anybody because they did something cool on television or, or whatever. I'm always like, eh, we're all human. We're all going to take the finish at the end of the day, so we might as well be nice to each other. Yeah, uh, you know, it was really cool. Uh, a little mark-out moment for me was uh, Kenny surprised me with this, uh, I guess it was like a voicemail like message from you, like cutting a promo or something on me. I was like, "What the?" James, like, I don't know if you remember that. that. I don't know if you remember that. It was like yeah, a it was year a ago. Back. It was like yeah. a year ago where you cut a promo on Brandon, basically saying that you heard him talk shit about you on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah, man, I like doing stuff like that. Just and I love popping up out of nowhere, or popping up on videos out of nowhere, and like that. You know, I do that thing on Cameo. I mean, uh plug my cameo real quick go to cameo.com and then look, search james ellsworth and you, uh, you can get a video from me but anyway i, I love stuff like that man it's 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 always a good time that's awesome man so i mean now that we're you're uh pretty much face to face here with brandon not not literally but <laughs> now that you uh have him as part of this conversation anything right. you want to say to brandon because he's been t- he talked a lot of crap about you when we first started this podcast i was running uh, talk a lot Hey, it's like you ever play Super Mario, like, and then, you know, the ghost is chasing you, and you turn around, and the ghost, like, stops chasing you. 
Yeah. 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 Very respectful right now. I don't know. I know. We're we'll have this man on here. Yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, man, this this is awesome. Like you said, we we set a goal and it feels absolutely amazing to accomplish it. Which I mean is kind of probably perfect to have you as the person that we're accomplishing this with because that's exactly what you did in WWE. You know, you started off as enhancement talent facing Braun Strowman, and then all of a sudden you got a full full time contract over there. How that feel, man? Man, it was it was amazing, dude. Like they um they use enhancement talent pretty much every week. We just saw some guys do it this week against Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown, some guys on Raw against the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders, they've been working with the enhancement talent from last couple of months now, and I'm just you know the last 15 years there's been a lot of enhancement talent and um. You know, it's a cool opportunity when you get to do that. It's fun, like you know, like obviously when we were when we were kids, we didn't dream of being an enhancement talent and losing on TV. We all dreamed right. of being the star on WWE. Right. So it was cool for me. Like when I would go to WWE and I would do the Rosebud stuff with uh, Adam Rose. I did that in 2014, 2015, and then uh, 2016. It was like my first match with Strowman. I was like, oh cool, I finally get you know a WWE match. It, it was a bucket list thing. It wasn't my dream, right? You know, it was it was a bucket list thing. Hey, I get to be on Raw and I get to have a match. I'm gonna get beat up by Braun Strowman. This is cool, bucket list. You know, like I'll always have that friends and family. I could show them for the rest of my life. I had one match on WWE. So, you know, go out there and luckily fortunate. And a lot of times, like, you know, um, they write promos for extras now. And, you know, like, <laughs> I've been doing it for a couple of years now. And, like, luckily for me, like, they let me do a promo. I got about 15, to 15 seconds to say something. And I said, any man with two hands has a fighting chance. Wasn't part of the script. It was my own words. And that just kind of drawn people to me. And my that, my unique look and lack of the chin, you know, if you will. And, um, which, uh, I think Chris Jericho was the, uh, first, uh, point out, which he invents everything, obviously. So, um, Jericho's having no a hell of a there. week, man. He's having a hell of a week. So, uh, that, that interaction you had with him at survivor series, 2016, we'll get into that, but, uh, dude, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy, man. He really did a lot for me early on WWE. They're having me on his podcast and really he would tweet about me a lot. And, then we just became real good friends, and I'm glad, man. He's still doing his thing. He loves it. You could tell he's having fun with it. Um, and to me, and I, maybe I'm partial or I'm a little bit of a homer because he's my buddy. But to me, the, the, Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time. He, I mean, he's reinvented himself so many times. He's been in ECW, WCW, New Japan, WWE, now All Elite Wrestling. Like he's just to me, he's he's the best that's ever laced up the boots. I think so too, man. Uh, and I'll use a quote that that he said about the Undertaker, which I think applies to him more now than it does Taker. Which is, he's the Madonna of the professional wrestling business. Just when you think things are getting stale, he changes it up. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, that's nuts. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, about you know enhancement talent. Um, now, could you like you can make like a decent like living doing that, right? If you like regularly traveling around, sort of doing that sort of thing, or is it sort of just one of those things to sort of get exposure, get your feet wet? So a little bit. Of, that's a good question. A little bit of insight on the hands of the talent thing. So when you when they come to your area, like I live in Baltimore, okay. So they'll do like Baltimore, and a lot of times the next day they'll do Virginia or or Pennsylvania or New York, whatever's close. So when they're in the vicinity. Um, you know, there's independent wrestlers all over the country and all over the world. So when they're in the vicinity, um, anybody and anybody listen to this, 
listening to this right now, like anyone can sign up to be a WWE extra talent. Any independent oh. wrestler or trained wrestler can can sign up to be you know, you 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 go on WWE.com, you can search it and you put in you know you make a profile and you send it to them and if you if you email them and remind you, um, you know, remind them that hey, you you're interested in doing this, when they come to town, if you're in like two hundred fifty miles or less, sometimes people do more, but really they look at people that are two hundred fifty miles or less from um, where the arena is, you know, they'll book you. And, and I mean, it could be guys with like no experience. It could be guys with two, three months experience. I mean, obviously when you get there, they will, you know, weed them out. But um, yeah, like anybody can do it. So, and I'm not just saying that it's a real true story. Anybody can do it. And um, like, yeah, it's, it's fun experience. Anybody that hasn't done it should try it once or twice. That's, that's not like, I mean, I understand it's the way I made it. But it's really not the way you make it these days. These days, you got to get your name real big on the indies, and once that happens, you pretty much make it now. Like look at guys like Matt Riddle or Keith Lee or Shane Strickland or like Joey Janela, Wally Wrestling, Darby Allen, um, Orange Cassidy. Like these guys got real hot on the indies, so now the big companies are picking them up. Like that's how you make it these days. If I would give anybody advice on that, it's not being an enhancement talent on WWE. Being an enhancement of talent on WWE. So think of it this way. Like, if Joey Ryan was an enhancement talent on WWE Monday, would the big story be uh, the Viking Raiders beat up Joey Ryan, or would the big story be, holy shit, Joey Ryan was on fucking Raw? You know what I mean? Like, right. was, like so you gotta, it's you gotta like be an unknown to be an enhancement talent. So, I mean, like, people have to understand that when they do it. And I, I was an unknown. No, I didn't. I didn't have a name on the Indies. Nobody know, um, knows me. Uh, but I was a needle in the haystack. I think the last person that got signed right off of doing a job match on TV and was on TV like right away um, was Colin Delaney back in like the mid two thousand. Wow, that was and, like two thousand nine. You know, yeah. Like that was so that was that was at almost shoot eight eight years before you. Yeah, it might have been a little longer than that because it was around the um, the ECW time. The right, episode, ECW. I mm-hmm. think it, it. So I think it was like yeah, like 2007, 2008, right. about that time. And um, yeah, and Colin, I met him. He, he's a nice guy, man. He's a good wrestler. Um, and uh, WWE.com exclusive. You can look it up on YouTube. I actually, did a little thing with Colin Delaney and I. He um, he actually uh, you know, ten years after he had his little run, like he actually did some. Uh, some enhancement stuff, and he was on 205 Live a couple of times um, back in 2018. So when WWE brought me back for a little bit back then. They did this uh, .com exclusive with him and I where we're both, like, we both got beat up that night. I got beat up by Oscar, and I can't remember who beat him up on 205 Live. <laughs> but we're, it's kind of like that that little, like, you know, subtle moment where we're both sitting there on, on the trainer's table and, like, you know, together. Like, so that was, that was a cool movie that not a lot of people know about. You can look it up on WWE Shoot too. I actually, I actually cool saw that. I actually saw that video when it, when it happened. And, uh, uh, that it was pretty funny to like the stars aligned to have like him there and you there, which is, which is kind of funny because Colin Delaney looks nothing like he looked, uh, back when he worked uh, no, at he's ECW. Yeah, he, he's in good shape. Yeah, he, he he definitely got a lot bigger since the last time we saw him. But I think he was like what, yeah. nineteen or twenty when we first saw him. So makes sense. Um, now, yeah, now, man, he he. Uh, real quick before, yeah. like, because I really like Colin. Like, I hope Colin winds up like in a Ring of Honor or something. Like, that's because he's a really good technical wrestler. Like, he's 
And, uh, you know, like I, a place like that would be good for him. But good. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. And I've always been a big fan of Colin Delaney. Like, he came across, like, he was, uh, it was funny, you know, he seemed like that Mikey Whipwreck character to the new ECW, which, which was yeah. funny. Like, yeah, you know, the guy who never got offense, but you just couldn't help to love him, which is kind of like you. I think that's kind of why everybody was like, we got to get this guy back in WWE TV. Like, when did you start noticing that, like, you know, people were clamoring for you to return to WWE TV. Like, was it on Twitter? Like, what what happened exactly? Man, so it was it's just like, you know, you, it, it is like, I hate to be cliche and say it was a dream come true and all that, but like, it felt like I was in a movie. So I'm out there on Raw, do the promo, do the match, you know, and I'm like walking to the back and, you know, Raw's true, but he hits really hard, man. So I'm like trying to collect my thoughts. <laughs> like uh, Arn Anderson comes up to me. He's like, man. He's like, that. He's like, you made my job easy tonight because he was the agent for the match. Right. He's like, look, Vince wants to see you. And I thought he was kidding. I was like, oh, that's funny, man. Thank you. He goes, no, Vince wants to see you. I'm like, what? what did I did I do something wrong? Like, right. I, I did, are they mad about? Are they mad that I said any man with two hands has a fighting chance? Because it wasn't in the script. I just said it myself. Like, nice. what's going on here? Like, um. So, and I go see Vince, and Vince shook my hand and looked right at me, and he said that was one hell of a job. We'll be seeing you again. Wow. And I was like, Oh, thank you. And then triple H goes, you're going to be back kid. You're going to be guy. And like shook my hand. I'm like, what, what's going on? Like what, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, I like, never, I never I, heard I that did, from you. I, I didn't, I didn't actually know that happened. So that's, that's definitely news to me. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Like, I, I told you know, portions of it on like other podcasts I've done, like Steve Austin's or Jericho's, but like, yeah. So, is I get in the car and like you go, you're talking about the Twitter thing and like social media, I don't pay much mind to social media cause it's so negative and right. people make up stuff about you or, or just like, like a lot of people on social media think I'm married. I've never been married in my life. Like, right. <laughs> like just that, that's just an example of how social media works. Somebody can say, Hey, he's married. Then somebody believes it. And the next thing you know, there's, you know, 2.7 million people that think you're married. So <laughs> yeah. newsflash, I've never been married in my life. Wow. <laughs> like, and then I think it's, I think it's cause I have kids. Right. So people don't understand. Like it's scientific, it's scientifically like, you know, like you scientifically have kids without being married. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm a case in point. So, I, have, uh, I have a daughter as well and I'm not married. Look right here. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely know where you're coming from, bro. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I don't, like, I take the, the internet with a grain of salt. Like, anybody could say anything about anybody in it. Right. And people, some people believe it. Like, like again, the married thing. I've never been married in my life. But anyway, like, so I, I get on Twitter and I see all the memes and all the hashtags. And, and like, the first thing I noticed was, like, they were, like, showing the uh, hashtag, any man with two hands of the fight. And I was like, oh, man, that's really cool, man. I just said that. Like, those were my words. And people are hashtagging this and then I saw all the, the, the memes and all and I was like, Oh, people are making fun of you. Whatever. I just had a match of raw. I'm on cloud nine. I don't care. Like, but they were, then I noticed they weren't really making fun of me in a bad way. Like they were like, like they like you. Yeah. This guy, this, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you got to remember, man, like that was a, that was the first night of the draft. Like, so it was Raw's first episode where it was just raw people like Sasha Banks right. won the, uh, won the women's title that night and really that was the match before us I, like um, with Charlotte um, and I remember like, I remember Sasha coming through 
Gorilla with the with the title and like Stephanie McMahon hugging her and Triple H hugging her and her in tears. I'm like looking at this going, man, this is really cool. This is awesome. Oh shit, I gotta go get my ass kicked by Braun Strowman. <laughs> and like I, I I was so I've never told this before. It's actually a good story. So like and the hands with talent, you're not allowed to walk down the ramp. You're supposed to like walk out of the gorilla and side stage, they call it. Like so, like right, you know, side through, of the so ramp. but I was so caught yeah, so I was so caught into the moment of Sasha Banks hugging Stephanie and Triple H, and I'm like, you know, I'm witnessing this. I walked out of the stage, like out of the gorilla curtain, and down the ramp. <laughs> oh wow! And that, and, yeah, that's so that was another thing I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I thought when I was uh, going to Vince. I was like, wait, he's gonna yell at me for walking down the ramp. That's what it is. So that's exactly what I thought it was gonna be. He was gonna yell at me for going down the ramp, and um. So when I went down the ramp, the referee's like, where were you? I was looking for you. I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I, I, I know I wasn't supposed to walk down the ramp. My bad. He goes, oh, okay. I don't think anybody caught on to it. I was like, okay, good, good. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, you, you get in the ring and you do the match. But, yeah, like back to you were saying, the Twitter stuff and all that. I thought it was real cool first, but I didn't think it was going to amount to nothing, which really I, I appreciate everybody that did that and was, like, bringing me up every week. Like, every week after that, people don't remember this either. Like, Strowman was beating enhancement talent, like, for – eight weeks straight after that and they all cut promos and they all you weren't special in that sense like nobody he he was doing like he he probably beat up like eight nine guys in that time period yet there was something about you that people remembered and not so much the other guys right and luckily the the biggest person that remembered it and caught on to it was vince mcmahon like it like and vince doesn't he doesn't pay attention to the internet, man. He really has people to do that for him, but like, he doesn't pay attention nice. to it. He didn't know people were talking about me. Right. But so I remember they, they, um, dude, so they called me the quickest. They called me after that was, uh, two days later, they called me on a Wednesday. They want me to do an interview for WWE.com. Just, they just wanted to know more about me. And I was nice. like, okay, I've been watching it. wrestling. Uh, right. And I was like, I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I know, like I, it was like, I just felt like they were, something was going to happen here. Like, man, they're going to, I, I, in my head, I was like, okay, I'll be a character that always comes back every now and then. That's what they're going to do. Like, cause you know, it's just, it's different. And you know, I don't fit the, uh, the mold of WWE superstars. So I was like, okay, they'll probably just bring me back every now and then. And that's so cool. And I, I'm happy with that. So we did the WWE.com interview, which you can probably find somewhere. And, um, just asking me about well, you know who I am, how long I've been wrestling, what I do for a living, like all that. So it was real cool. And then that Friday, so after that Monday, we're talking that Friday. It's like five days later. I you know I get an email from them. Hey, we may need you for SummerSlam. And I wow. said, oh, okay, cool. That's that's awesome. Like, and um, I was like, all right. And they're like, yeah, we're doing this thing with Heath Slater where he's trying to get a SmackDown contract and. You know, Daniel Bryan's going to, you know, he was the commissioner at the time or the GM, whatever they call it at the time. And they were like, oh, we're going to do this thing where you wrestle Heath Slater for a SmackDown contract. And, um, you know, and, and Daniel Bryan's trying to make it easy for him to win one. I'm like, oh, okay. So like that the Friday before SummerSlam, they wrote me and they were like, hey, creative decided against it. Uh, like that Heath Slater's getting more over. Oh, it was at the time. I was crushed. I was like, what? <laughs> so... And then um, they uh, hit me up. Actually, that wasn't the first time they hit me up. They hit me up for the Raw the week after. And they were like, hey, we might do this thing where you dressed as Enzo and Chris Jericho beat you up. Chris Jericho had pitched that. That was oh, Chris wow. Jericho went to Vince. Hey, bring that kid back. Like, and so I guess they decided, eh, he just got beat up by Strowman. He just, he, you know, he's a really small guy. But he dude, can't come be- back a week later, which I agree. 
Sorry to interrupt, but that, man, like know? the fact that like a week after being enhancement talent, and like you said, like you didn't have a name on the indies, and Chris Jericho, who like we've all agreed might be the greatest wrestler in the history of professional wrestling, um, he's pitching an angle with you. Like, how crazy is that? Like, how how did that feel to hear? Oh, Chris Jericho pitched an angle for you. Dude, like, so to put it in perspective, and I don't think I've ever told Chris this because I try to stay, like, cool around him. Like, oh, I'm, I'm cool. I'm not going to mark out for him. But, like, when I was, like, 15, I was Chris Jericho for Halloween. So, like, wow. it was just, uh, Look at that. Yeah. Like, and I've never told him that, but I, I was. You should tell him that, man. He, he, he probably got, he got awesome. any photos? So, yeah, I'm going to look for the photos. I have a photo of me dressed as Jeff Hardy for Halloween. Like, I was a wrestler every year from, like, 15 to 30. Like, I was Jeff Hardy. I was CM Punk. I was John Cena. Like, all these, like, from 15 to 30, I would always be a wrestler. Are, are, but, you, um, are you taking your girls yeah, out this, I, this year? And are you going to dress Are you gonna dress for Halloween this year? <laughs> uh, Yeah, but, I, like, I don't dress as a wrestler anymore. Right. Like, I, uh, <laughs> uh, you got you to rep uh, yeah. the Judas, man. You got you to gotta do it. Yeah, like I, uh, I think I'm gonna be my, my girlfriend. And I are gonna be the uh, bride of Chucky and Chucky. I think she's gonna be Chucky, and I'm gonna be the bride. Is what we're gonna do. That's <laughs> awesome. So be that's cool. exactly what I would do because that's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just I like to have a good time, man. Like I, uh, like I said, I'm not married, but I do have a girlfriend. Uh, very beautiful girl. You can look at her on my Instagram. Very lucky guy. I've been with her for a couple of years now. She's really awesome. And oh, dude, and you, you uh, two, so we'll see, see where you two seem in love, man. Because that, that's awesome. Every time I see you post a picture, like you genuinely seem like you care about her, and it's you know, oh, it, dude, it's we're awesome so happy. Like, yeah, it's um. I hope people find the happiness that I found with her. She's definitely uh, very awesome. Everybody's like, when are you gonna pop the question? Like, you know, I, I know. I know I'm going to, and I know when, and I'm not telling anybody. I'm not telling her, you, or even my mom. So, like, right. it's going to happen one day. Brandon, but, you um, hear that? Yeah, man, there's so, hope for you out there, Brandon. There's hope there's for you. There's still hope. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no hope for Brandon. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No. Barry Brandon. If you bury Brandon on this podcast, by the way, just so you know, you, you've become my favorite guest already. <laughs> and the favorite guest to most of our audience as well. <laughs> Definitely, man. Um, but back to what you were saying. I mean, um, so, I mean, Chris Jericho pitches an angle for you. You're talking about, um, you know, they pitched a couple things for you, which obviously didn't happen. So um, wh when do they call you and say, hey, you're going to show up uh, on SmackDown um, again? And be what was it? So, uh, AJ Styles partner, or yeah. Um, so that yeah, was his partner. Um, so it was on a Friday. I was actually running one of my shows. I run Adrenaline Wrestling in Maryland. We run shows in Pennsylvania as well. Um, and I was running one of my shows in Salisbury, Maryland. Uh, and I'm just sitting there like they're setting up the ring and all. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of checking my email. Like, I, dude, ever since that Strowman ma match, I was checking my email every day. Like, are they going to email me? Or right. email? And I got an email that day, and I'm sitting there with a couple of the guys, and I got an email, and they're like, hey, we need you for SmackDown. And, I'm, and they're like, this is a definite. Like, this ain't, we're not going to call you on Monday and cancel, but this is a definite. And I said, oh, cool. So I emailed them right back, and I told my guys, hey, I'm going to be on SmackDown, this and that. And then, like, you know, I had to wrestle that night. I'm like, crap, like, because, I, dude, I don't like to half-ass it. Like, I, have to, you know, I like to take bumps and have fun. I'm like, man, now i got to get this out of my head and go wrestle. You know? <laughs> like, it just, wow. so, and, and I did, because it, it, it was my show. And, right. I, like, I, uh, I wrestled that night, and it, and it was good, and everything was safe, and we, we had fun. And, man, and then, yeah, we went to 
TV that Tuesday for SmackDown, and I get there, and they're like, oh, you, it's going to be you and AJ Styles against John Cena and Dean Ambrose. I'm like, huh? And I was like, how are they going to do that? Like, listen to the and names. Then, listen um, to the names in that match. And you're, you're probably scratching your head like, who's in that match? So I remember I'm like, wait, I'm wrestling John Cena? Like, he's like the number one guy in the business. Like, what? what? And then, like, and you know, like, I'm people with AJ. He's the best wrestler in the business. Like, you know, the best technical wrestler, like, all-around performer in the ring. All-around in-ring performer. Absolutely. I still to this day think he's number one. And so I'm like, what is what is going on? Like, so they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to do this thing where the Miz beat you up in the ramp. I guess, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. I get heat on the Miz. I'm big on people getting heat. I'm like, I get that. And then when he, he beat me up on the ramp or whatever, and they're like, hey, in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll have you come back and face the Miz in a match. I'm like, oh, cool. That makes sense. And I'm like all pumped because I'm going to face the Miz in a couple of weeks. And they're telling me we're going to bring you back. I think it was like three weeks. And in like three weeks, you're going come back and you're face the Miz. I'm like, oh, cool. Blah, blah, blah. So I go back three weeks later, and I know I was going at this time. or You never know. They might change their mind. But, I, I mean, they did bring me back in three weeks, like they said. And I get there, and they're like, and Adam Pierce, which I have a lot of respect for, he's a former NWA World's Champion, the Independence, and he's a agent there now, and a damn good one. And he uh, he comes up to me in the parking lot. He's like, "Do you know what you're doing tonight?" I go, "No." He goes, "What if I said you were pinning the World Champion?" I was Holy like, crap. "I was like, well, I'd call you." A, I was, and like, I kind of like, you know, mental in the Indies. He's a real good guy. I was like, "Well, I would call you a liar right to your face." He goes, "Well, if you call me a liar right to your face, my face, you'd be lying to yourself." I was like, huh? And I, I didn't believe him. I really just didn't believe him. I thought people were ribbing me. But why, would you, like, why would you believe him? The- like, why would what in what scenario would you believe that you coming off the indies, checking your email every day, and, oh, hey, you're going to pin the world champion in the second time they've called right, you back? And, and I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, I, I go and I, like, get some uh, food and catering, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what scenario would I be AJ Styles? Like, there's like, what, what's he going to just take me lightly? And I'm going to roll up and hook his tights and roll out of the ring. I was like, what? You know, because I've watched wrestling my whole life. I was like, what? I was like, I, I was like, obviously, because he's feeling with Dan, Dean Ambrose at the time. I was like, well, obviously, if I'm actually beating him, Dean Ambrose is going to roll in the ring and give him his finish, and I'm going to pin him. I was like, it's going to be something like that. Right. And so, but I still did. I just didn't believe it. Like, and then AJ came up to me and uh, sat at the table and goes. It's you and I tonight, kid. I was like, oh, is it really? And he goes, yeah, man, you beat me. I was like, am I really? Or is everybody just messing with me? I was like, I, I, was like, I know wrestling's the work, and it don't matter who wins or loses. It's nobody's, nobody's really wrestling. Like, it's like it, it's not wrestling. It's all an act, and it's all an art form. And it's all like, if people want to watch real wrestling and watch people really try to beat each other, go watch, like, Iowa State versus Michigan. Like, <laughs> like right. you know what I mean? Like, just, like I, I, it's. So, I mean, I get, like, I always knew I'm not really beating anybody, but I'm like, I, it's just for them to make sense on TV. How would this little guy beat, you know, AJ is the best? And then they, you know, we go to the ring and they're like, okay, so everyone's is going to be the ref. And I go right away. I go, oh, okay. And maybe I am beating them. They're like, yeah, he's going to hit him with two DDTs and you're, and you're going to pin him and then we'll bring you back next week and you'll, you'll get a WWE title match. And again, I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, what is going on in my life? Like, what, Dude, that what is was, going on in my life? That was such a unique time period in SmackDown and Raw, for that matter. I think, I think you said it best. That was. Uh, the first time you showed up on TV was because of the the brand split, and they had started with the Raw roster. Do you think, you know, looking back, do you think if in 2016 they had not done a brand split, do you think the myth of James Ellsworth would have would have been as big? as it became 
do you think you would have even ended up with a contract? No, I don't. It would. It would have never happened, man. It would. It would just timing's everything. Timing, luck, all that stuff. Right place, right time, and but right place, right time, and giving myself a little credit, knowing what to do when you're in that place at that time. I could have went out there. I could have got scared of the microphone and shit the bed. I could have just bumped terribly for Stroman, and they, you know we were seeing or heard from me again. But the fact right. that. For whatever reason, that was the, like even though that's a squash match, that was the best match I've ever had in my career because of the promo and because of the way I sold for him. I don't think I could ever do as good as a job as I did in that match ever again. To be quite honest, like it was my best all-around performance. And um, yeah, no, it wouldn't have happened, man. Like it just the brand split, you know, it happened. And you know, I think they had the right formula at first. Okay, we have this brand split. So the brands are split in two. We only got a certain amount of wrestlers on each show, so we got to bring in enhancement guys for our guys to beat. And then Cut Promos talked about how they're going to face each other at the pay-per-views, which to me is the formula to success. Like, I think that's, you know, wrestling, it started, like, in, you know, the Monday Night Wars, like, where they had to give away good matches on TV because you had to beat the other company in the ratings. Right. Like, you had, like if, you know, if, if like, in the Attitude Era, if, like, Owen Hart and D'Lo Brown are doing a tag match against two enhancement guys that nobody knows, but then on Nitro, it's Juventus Guerrero against Chris Jericho. What are you going to watch? Absolutely. So I think that's what I think that's what started it. But you know, in 2016, there's no competition, so they they started the enhancement matches and they were doing them a lot. And I thought it was really cool because then you had to wait to the pay per view to see Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins or you know uh, AJ Styles against Dean Ambrose. Like I thought that was cool. Like. And I, I think they need to do more of that even to this day. Like, there's nobody else running shows on a Monday night. You know, it's just right. WWE. Like, I was going to say that. I kind of missed, missed that time period of 2016 where, you know, they kind of were just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what stuck. And, I mean, I feel like, you know, 2015, they wouldn't have brought you back to TV. But in 2016, they heard no, the reaction. No. They heard the reaction you got, and they were just like, let's take a chance with this kid. They're like, the... um. Smackdown from July of 2016 to June of, uh, not June, uh, July 2016 to January of 2017 was the best WWE TV in, in the last decade. Period. And I mean, it, 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 I mean, you had the stuff with Ambrose, AJ, and I, which was real fun and unique and different. Then you had like Dolph Ziggler and The Miz and this really heated intercontinental title feud where they brought back the Spirit Squad and Maurice and they were doing all this cool stuff. And then like Randy Orton was with the Wyatts and that was different and that was cool. And, and then like Becky Lynch and, and Alexa Bliss, these two people that, you know, were pretty fairly new to the company at the time were a really cool feud, like really two. Like, you know, to me, those are the top two girls in the business right now was those two. And, like, I agree. They, yeah. they were just new at the time. And they, they were doing a feud. And like, it was just like SmackDown was on fire, man. Like, it was just an awesome show. And, you know, I didn't get to SmackDown until September. And I'm saying July until uh, January. It was, like, the best. Fuck. It was the best show. And then kind of in January, just my humble opinion. I always say that. Everybody has their opinion or can play arm, uh, you know, like, what do they call it? Uh armchair, you know, couch quarterback or (laughs) armchair bookers. But like, to me, this is just my my opinion. In January, like Cena won the belt from AJ. Then in February, Bray Wyatt won the belt from Cena. Cena. And then um, at the end of March or early April, Randy Orton won the belt at WrestleMania for Bray Wyatt. And then then in uh, May, like Jinder Mahal won the belt from Randy Orton. So it was a big hot potato for months. 
And like Jinder Mahal, like he was in great shape. He had his little heaters and his Singh brothers, but they didn't really build him up to be the champion yet. Like, you know, to most fans, he was a guy and 3MB getting beat all the time. Then all of a sudden he was the world champ out of nowhere. And they had hot potatoed the, the belt for months, like for the, the last six months. So I think like, people kind of were like, okay, what's going on here? I'm getting disinterested because the main, right. like the titles are supposed to mean something, right? Especially the main one. And, like, when it's getting hot potatoed and, like, you know, it goes from – it just – I don't know. To me, again, my humble opinion, it takes away from it. Like, and No, I think Bray so should have like, kept that title. Know. Honestly, I think that was the point where where SmackDown kind of started going downhill was when, uh, when, when Bray Wyatt won the title and then ultimately lost it a month later. I think everyone kind of was like, uh, we wanted to see this guy as champion. And now it's back on Orton. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, so – uh, my opinion, and I like Orton too. Orton's awesome, right? Absolutely. Like, I, like I hope oh, Orton absolutely. becomes a champion. I hope Orton becomes a champion again soon. He's amazing. Yes. But like Bray, he wasn't yeah. the champion yet. Like that was his first time winning. And exactly. that Elimination Chamber show was that show was off the hook. Elimination Chamber, like you had a the Chamber match itself was really good. Randy Orton versus Luke Harper tore down the house in 2017 Elimination Chamber. If you want to watch a good match, look that up. Um, there was a real good girls match. I think it was Mickey James and Bliss. I want to say I don't hold me to that. And, and Naomi in a three way maybe, and like it was, that was really good. And and like they had all these good matches. And like yeah, then Bray just lost the title at WrestleMania. And then, like I said, Brandy just went ahead and lost it to Jinder Mahal the following month. And it was like okay, you know, just just my opinion. Like man, any of us to play our own bookers and say, hey, we would have did things differently, but we don't know what it's like to be in that writer's room than going into the big guy and pitching ideas and then they, <laughs> everything gets changed. And like, we don't know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't know what that job's like. I don't right. think I can handle that job. <laughs> right. And I think, you know? I think it's still cool to hear, like, the passion in your voice, though. Like, you're, you're still, even though, you know, arguably people would say, you know, here's a guy who's been in WWE and, and been on top of his game and, and – Yet you still sound so passionate and, and quite frankly, yeah. giddy talking about these storylines. Like you're still such a big fan. That that's awesome to see, man. I, I loved it, man. Like I've loved it my whole life. I still love to watch it. I, I watch everything. I pay attention to everything. Like you know, I I love doing it at every level. Like I've been to the smallest of arenas and the biggest of arenas. I've been in front of seven people. I've been in front of seventy five thousand people. I've wrestled at the uh, American Legion Post One Hundred Nine, and I've wrestled at Madison Square Garden. Like it's like I've been everywhere. I've done everything. But it doesn't matter where I'm at or how I'm doing it. Or like, I, I just love doing it, and I love talking about it. And I love, you know, it's just the greatest art form in the world to me is is this pro wrestling stuff. Like, it's so cool to me. Yeah, I wanted to ask. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about uh, Braun Strowman hitting hard. Uh, I was wondering, like, when you're sort of in that position, do the I know, like, you have to you're sort of there to put you know the other guy over and make the moves look really impactful and. Um, sort of devastating but do the guys really lay into you like a little bit too much sometimes yeah i think i think what what he's trying to ask is if uh since you're enhancement talent especially do they lay in more because you're enhancement talent and not just a member of the main roster so i'm gonna give you a really good answer like when those cameras are right up on you and there's millions of people watching the cameras are right in your face capturing everything you, you probably would have to imagine that you got to lay it in a little bit to make it look good, right? Right. Right. That's it. So, yeah, they everybody on TV gets their ass whooped. On the house shows. That says it all. Uh, on the house shows. Oh, man. Not like that on the house shows, but yeah. when the camera's in your face, you got to make it look good. Like, 
And that, you know, that's with everything you do on there, facial expression, yeah. selling, everything's got to look good, man. So, yeah, that's that's the answer to that. <laughs> so I kind of have a feeling who you're going to say. Um, who's the best guy you've been in the ring with? Oh, that's AJ Styles. Uh, biggest name I've ever been in the ring with is obviously John Cena. But the best is AJ. AJ's he's amazing, man. He's every he's everything everybody says he is, and he's just as good as, of a person outside of the ring as he is a, as a wrestler in the ring. Fantastic guy, and I mean, like that's a phenomenal thing. That's a shoot. Like he's phenomenal. Yeah, and AJ Styles, man. Like that match you had with him. Like did did he call? I'm assuming he called that match, right? Because I've I got I, I got to give you credit, man. Like to be put into a match with the world champion. You came out looking like a million bucks, but that can't just all be be AJ, man. That had to be you as well. Well, yeah, I mean, to that point, I'd been wrestling 14 years, and um, I had a really good trainer in Axel Rot, and so like I, like I know the ropes. Uh, you know, I go sit here and say I'm the greatest wrestler of all time. Right? <laughs> yeah, but like no, I, I I know what I'm doing. Like I've been wrestling almost 18 years now, and the best thing about me that I can say sit here and say to you on this podcast is. 18 years of wrestling, I've never hurt anybody. Not even accidentally gave anybody a bloody nose or a black eye or anything. Like, I'm very safe in the ring, like, to my opponent. Like, there's been times where I've put myself in danger, but not, <laughs> not my opponent. And, uh, like, I, I take a lot of pride in that, that I've never, like, hurt anybody doing this because it's easy to slip up and punch somebody in the face. It's easy to slip up and kick somebody in the nuts. See what I mean? I've right. just, like, been lucky and fortunate enough that I've never hurt anyone. And so, you know, speaking of which and being safe, I mean, in that match, um, Wrestler 101, and correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Wrestler 101 is when you're taking a move to tuck your chin. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's, that's you know, how you, um, in wrestling school, they tell you over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's what you do, yeah. Right, so it's and like I don't nature. have a chin, so I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> but on that Styles yeah. Clash, man... I mean, obviously, you you tucked your chin, which is the one move I would say in the wrestling business you're not supposed to. But AJ, AJ being, can you talk about that? Because like, I, to be blunt, I, mean, I think AJ saved your life on that one, man. Oh uh, well, yeah, he saved like Thursday. That was on SmackDown in front of the largest audience that anybody ever messed Absolutely. up the style clash one. So it's so like there's really good wrestlers that have messed it up. Go on YouTube and look up seven deadliest styles clash. Oh, absolutely, and you'll see Stevie. Stevie Richards messed it up, and Frankie Kazarian, who right. Frankie Kazarian is an amazing wrestler, probably like one of the most underrated wrestlers is Frankie Kazarian. He's amazing, and he did it. And uh, Christopher Daniels, and um, I think Hayabusa, or not was Hayabusa, or was it somebody uh, like broke Yoshi, their neck Yoshi, on Yoshitatsu. Like, Yoshitatsu is the one. Yoshitatsu, Yoshitatsu, yep. like broke, and like these are all amazing wrestlers, way better wrestlers than me, and they all. And just one of those things, man, where your instincts kicked in, and yep. like you know, they don't people will know about all the times he hit it on me on the on the house shows, and I took it right. Then on SmackDown, he did it off the stairs onto the floor onto me, and I took it right. You know, they always people are so quick to hate on you. They're like, oh, you messed it up. Like, oh, okay, dude, well, I didn't die, and it looked devastating, and I'm alive, so I don't care. No, dude, you, know? you, took, you, took, you took a lot of Styles clashes, and um, they all looked. They looked. I was gonna say phenomenal, haha. But they they all look good. But that one, um, obviously, like you said, it was just instinct, and that's kind of why I wanted to point out that in wrestling school you're kind of taught to tuck your chin. So that is just oh, it, over, over and, and over. over again. It's second nature. <laughs> but even then, man, and then like on the Styles Clash, yeah. If anybody out there ever takes it, all, all you do is nothing. You just he picks you up, and you don't have to do anything. You kind of just 
dead weight and just, you know, that's it. That's all you do. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do nothing. So AJ is the best wrestler in the world. He's not going to, he's not going to hurt you. AJ right. will not hurt and that's you. Kind of, that's that's kind of why I wanted to point that out. It's not so much. I'm not one of those. I'm not going to sit there and say, Oh, you messed up. You didn't. All right. It's instinct. You're, you're an amazing and phenomenal right, wrestler. Yeah. But AJ, I, I wanted to point out that th- his timing is so impeccable that he knew that you were going down wrong and yet had the wherewithal to change his body weight and not land fully on you, which is Dude, crazy. Knowing, knowing how great of a guy AJ is, like, you know, Yoshi Tatsu, you know, who broke his neck on, you know, how, like, I know how great of a guy AJ is. Like, that probably crushed him and really right. hurt his feelings for a long time. And it's not even his fault. Like, the guy, you know, just, he, like, cause AJ warned you several times before you ever take moves, especially if it's the first time you've ever taken it. He warns you several times, hey, don't tuck your chin. Just, um, you know, just stay there and, you know, you don't do anything. You just kind of, you know, lay back and you relax and, and I'll take care of you. And that's what he tells you. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's just uh, that, that unfortunate thing that happened in Japan. I, I'm sure ever since that day, he was like, I'm going to make sure that never happens again. Cause that's what kind of guy he is. He, right. That makes he, sense. You know, it, it's a, it's a very cool move, man. Like it, 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 the sales clash is awesome. I actually, on the Indies, I use it a lot because I think it's like, if I'm a fan of the crowd and I see James Ellsworth do a styles clash, I'm just laughing my ass off. Like, right. Oh, Ed, he beat AJ three times. So he's stealing his move. Right. You know? And I, I remember say I told that, AJ that like, I was going to say, say that again. Last year. Say that again. How many times did you beat AJ styles? Uh, three times. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm three and one against them. 75% uh, win rate. But uh, I remember like last year when they brought me back uh, for a couple of weeks, I told AJ, I was like, hey, man, I've been using the Stylus Clash on the Indies to beat people. And he just laughed. He goes, well, that's funny, man. Just protect everybody. I was like, oh, I have. I said, I mostly hit the little girls. It's hilarious. He's laughing. He's, he's, I can't say enough good things about him. He's an wonderful human being and he uh i know you guys have seen all the things where he said on william garcia's podcast that he's going to retire after after his contract's yep. up and man if anybody deserves to just ride off into the sunset and go ha- spend time with his kids and his uh, wife and just you know he, he's been wrestling hard since 1999 man 20 years and you know i don't know how long his contract is whether it's three years or five years when when it's up man i hope he does relax i hope the body heals up and i hope he lives you know a wonderful life of seeing james ellsworth at kabakaz me going hey man i think it'd be cool if we do photo ops together you know (laughs) (laughs) that'd be awesome man um dude like you said aj styles deserves that man i'm I'm just as a fan i've I've been a fan of his since 2002 i'm just glad that he finally got to wwe and got in that upper echelon so that he can retire knowing that he did any and everything in his career and you know not have that asterisk of you know but i didn't go to wwe you know, uh, in terms of fan perception, he, of course. I think as of now, he's, he's like for a while there, he was like you looked at him, you you see TNA, right? Right. But now you look at him and you see WWE. He's Isn't a part crazy? of the WWE mold. He's been, yeah, he's only been there three years now, like, and he's like he could retire today, and he's had a hell of a good WWE career. It's not how long you've been there; it's what you've done, and are people going to remember remember you? Like with me, I'm like, okay, I had two years there, but I I, I grabbed the women's money in the bank, and everybody's going to remember that forever. <laughs> so it's like you know, it's about the memories, creating memories, and telling stories. And AJ had has had a lot of great stories, and he's been champion a couple of times, and he's he's going to be remembered forever, and he's one of the best that's ever done it. So. Dude, so we were talking about that before we came on air. Can you describe the monster heat of the women's money in the bank match? Because 
You know, that was that was controversial. I mean, we had a lot of women's first that year, especially. And then the way people looked at that was like, you have a man win the women's money in the bank. But can you talk from your perspective? Because you were telling us about the heat, the genuine heat that drew. Oh, it was beautiful, man. Like, it's Vince. Vince, one man can be a real creative song bitch. He takes a lot of slack. But I remember him going, like, we do this. He grabs it, and people will go, man, we can't do this. This is the first women's money in the bank ladder match. He goes, no, that's why you do it, because we can have a rematch on SmackDown a couple of weeks later, and it'll pop a good rating because this is going to create a lot of controversy. So that and, man, was all pre-planned. Right it's a stinking. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And SmackDown's ratings went up like like 600,000 people during that second Money in the Bank ladder match. That's how good. Like, Dude, so I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I've been doing it for more than half my life. Like, I knew when I – like, if you go back and watch it, the fans get excited when I start climbing oh, the ladder. Yeah, like, yeah hey, they're like, one. they want you to do it. Uh, you know why? You know what they wanted me to do, I think? They wanted me to grab it and take off with it, run through the crowd and, and <laughs> take off, get in a rental car and leave with it. But that's what they wanted. Because then, I mean, which would have been a cool story if you think about it, right? Like, But that's not that's that wasn't the purpose, and I'll get to the purpose in a minute. Even though that would have been funny, that would have been hilarious, like, and we, we could have did a lot of TV off of that. That that wasn't the purpose. The purpose was to get Carmella heat. When they put me with Carmella, it was to get her over. And, I, like, I'm proud to say that I helped her get over. Obviously, she did a lot of the work herself, too. Carmella's great. Like, I'll tell, say that a million times. She was great to work with. She's very, just very smart. Always, She's a very intelligent girl. And anything she does, it's going to be entertaining. But anyway, like, so when I grabbed the briefcase and they pop, they go nuts the minute admitted i just kind of lobbed it down to her and she caught it everybody started doing and i felt nice. it i was like we got him this is awesome and i grabbed the microphone and i announced her as the winner because the referee was we're all confused and everything and it's it just i remember we did the hell show the next day on a monday um and i remember when we came out they booed us so loud and we were her and i were so excited about that because you know a lot of times at the hell show like uh, you know, and this is just like I, I hate sounding like I have any kind of ego because I don't. But like, we would come out and they would just start chanting my name, and I think it's because I'm standing there and they just wanted me to do something. Right, like, I'm just standing in the corner and I'm not really doing anything. Like well, the you girls were over. Would hit the ropes I'll, and I would I'll, I'll boost your ego. You were over. I mean, as a character, and it's not to take anything away from Carmella, but at the time, she was you know just fresh off of coming up uh, from NXT. She had just turned heel after kind of like the baby face. We don't know if we should cheer her because we we're not really invested in her character yet. Yeah, she was. She was still kind yeah, of yeah, you know, in that role. Invested, yeah. So you were you were yeah, over so we like Rover. <laughs> so we, yeah, we were doing house shows and. Like, I would trip the girls, and then maybe they would pop me off the apron. Every now and then, I'd get in the ring, and Becky would T-bone suplex me or something. But I wasn't doing it. Like, they just wanted to see me do something. So, so a lot of times, they would chant L's, or I'm like, man, my, like, dude, I like to do my job. My job is to get Carmella heat. Right. And, you know, like, like so finally, when we got that money in the bank, man, there was heat, and it was good, and we could have done a lot. Like, I remember Becky Lynch, like, wanted to wrestle me at SummerSlam, because that was the next pay-per-view. And... Like or well, it wasn't. It was the two pay per views away, but that was the big one coming up with SummerSlam, and she like pitched to wrestle me, and you know they were doing the whole we can't do guys and girls, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm not, I'm not a threat to these girls. Like I'm right. small, and nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna think I'm gonna kill these girls. Like I, I love intergender wrestling; it's fun, and and again, everybody has their own opinions. I think intergender wrestling, when done right, is fun. Like when a character like me 
gets in there and and the girls can beat me up and can out wrestle me it's fun for everybody like i'm not a personal fan of when a really big monstrous guy gets in there with a girl and like they're kind of battling back and forth and i'm like man that's that's not the mystique the mystique is like you know like a girl whipping a guy's ass like me or harvey whistleman or you know or jimmy hart or bobby brain i think that's great insight on it yeah that is very good insight because the whole point is to to bring the women's division up by having them kick your ass because you know especially you got involved in the women's money in the bank of course becky's gonna want to want to you know hand you your head on a platter yeah so, you know, it didn't happen at SummerSlam. And, you know, it is cool. Like, again, like, I, I didn't care about getting me over. I already had my time in the sun with AJ and with Dean. And I did a lot of cool stuff there. Been main events all over the world doing stuff with them. Like, we did a whole UK tour of I'm in the main event with them doing stuff with them in the main event. Like, so, like, I was like, okay. They gave me this job of getting Carmella, like, helping her with her career, getting her over, getting her heat. Now, man, we got this briefcase. And now we have the heat. And after that, man, it's like, I, I thought that was going to be really awesome. And then it's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it got capitalized on like it should have. Like, you know, next thing you know, like they did this angle where I was suspended. And I'm like, man, I, yeah, I think we have a lot of heat. And, you know, I, I think they might have been looking at it like, oh, well, she has a briefcase. What she need him? Which really, I'm an insurance policy, you know, like, I, hmm. and, you know, so we did this thing where I spent and I came back and the heat wasn't quite there. And it was just never the same. But when that first happened, like, it was amazing, man. I enjoyed it because I felt like I was doing my job at the best of my ability, cutting good promos, like, it, you know, like put Carmella over on the mic like I should. Like, it was all about getting her over, and it worked, man. And, like, Carmella's been a star ever since. And, Absolutely. you know, Carmella doesn't need me to be a – she does not need me to be a star anymore. You know, she does very well by herself. She does very well when her and Truth do stuff together. She, you know, like, she's just – whatever they put her in now, she's going to succeed oh, at because she's, she's got she's a couple money. of years under – yeah, she yeah, says it. Carmella is really mama, is. But yeah, I mean, like, like you said now, and that's, you know, I know I said some stuff about her in 2016 just now, but like now Carmella has just come into her own. Like you said, you can put her on a segment and she can, she steals the segment a lot of the time. I she's mean, awesome. so, so she's come a long way. And I mean, you were there from the beginning, which is, which is awesome, man, um, to help her along the way. But I'm actually, I was really surprised to hear that. Uh, you see, this is where the internet uh, kind of always misconstrues things. To hear that Vince McMahon had that plan to do the second Women's Money in the Bank on a SmackDown right away, because I think a lot of the internet, of course, because everybody quote unquote knows what they're talking about, said, "You see, WWE had to do damage <laughs> control because of what that stupid thing they did with Ellsworth." So, dude, yeah, it's so I'm wrong, shocked. man. Yeah, like the next, the, the day after we did the Money in the Bank, the day after we had a set rehearsal. Since Thursday, Thursday, I remember Thursday. This, so this, this is a great insight. So the Thursday before Money in the Bank, Money Bank's on a Sunday, right? So the Thursday before, they go, "Hey, um, you're gonna, you guys are gonna do a second Money in the Bank um, in a couple of weeks. So we're gonna rehearse it the day after Money in the Bank on a Monday before the Hell Show. We're gonna rehearse it. So you guys, after Money in the Bank, we got on Vince's uh, plane, the WWE plane, all, the girls and I." And we flew to the next town to do rehearsal um, early in the morning the next day for the second Money in the Bank. So that was planned since the Thursday, but they didn't even tell us what the finish was on that Thursday. And right away, I, 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 and I'll never forget this. I remember telling Carmelo, I said, man, I think they're going to have me cheat and you win. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to have me grab it and give it right. to them, but I was like, I think they're going to have me cheat and have you win, and that's why you guys got to do a second one because I cheated for you. 
And she goes, you really think I'm winning? You really I was like, yeah, you're the only one that has somebody on the outside. Like, the only one that makes sense. Like, I always, <laughs> yeah, I always kind of knew she was going to win. I wasn't told that. I was just like, nah, it, she's going to win. She, I was, and, um, you know, in her head, she's like, ah, I think we'll have Becky win because it's the first one ever, and she's a big baby face. And I was like, nah. I was like, the money in the bank's always better when it's with a heel. Right. You know, like, it's a heel I thing agree. to do is knock somebody out with, with a briefcase and pin them for their belt. Like, it's a heel. So, yeah, so, so, dude, that Thursday before the Sunday, they already set the um, the Money in the Bank rehearsal up for uh, the day after the Sunday on the Monday, and um, then the following week we did it on SmackDown. And I, again, it popped a good rating. Like, it was go. very smart. There you go. Very smart, so, man. Great, like, great insight. Dude, the internet. Yeah. Um, the internet. Dude, real quick, like, I yeah, remember being in WWE. I remember being in WWE and seeing stuff on the internet all the time that I knew wasn't true because I was there. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? I'm right here. That ain't happening. Like, or this ain't like, not about me, about everybody. Like, what this, like I don't know. So I got to yeah, ask you, yeah, yeah. Do they float like weird stuff out to the dirt sheet just to like, sort of cause confusion, chaos, no, to no, generate buzz or. So, so here, here's how I feel about the dirt sheets. Like some of those guys, like your melters and your satins or whatever, they seem like nice guys. I've met them all. And I, like, I really like Brian Alvarez. I guess he like because he wrestles and he helps Dave. But like, I mean, they they those those guys have made a real like good living off of like wrestling, and good for them. I applaud them for that. But like a lot of the times, I mean, they, you know, like a lot of their facts are true. But then a lot of the times, it's like it's not. It's because they they gotta write something. Any in any news, you gotta write something, mm, you know. And then true. like. Dude, I, you know what I hate about the dirt sheets? And this, again, just my personal opinion is when they give away surprises. Like, oh, you know, so and so is going to come to the next pay per view as a surprise. I hate like nobody wants to know the the ending to oh, the I, movie. I read like, that, I that. read the rumor that you were going to you know Money in the Bank uh, when you were going. Yeah. And yeah, what like the funny part? Like, it was a huge surprise to see you there, even though I read that. But it was still like, yeah, like ah oh, man, like I I really wish I hadn't have known that that James Ellsworth was at Money in the Bank, so that you know when you popped up in the Oscar mask, it would have just been like, holy crap, that was the last person I expected to show up. Yeah, it's so there there's a, there's good and bad to it. Good is people are like, oh my god, is he really going to be there? Is he really going to be there? And they get some kind of pumped about it. That's the good. The bad is it ruins the surprise, and I don't like surprises to be ruined. When a surprise that, so like I had a booking in China that exact day, and I was like, I shared the match traffic. I was like, I don't know what you guys are reading, but I'll be in China that day, and I like shared the match traffic, like trying to do damage. I saw control. that. I saw that I on Instagram. Just, yeah, I was like, I, I was trying to surprise people, but then like the. You know, the the promoter, like, stooges it out. He's like, no, he's not coming. He already canceled on us. I'm like, oh, come oh, on, man. Like, you know, man. I have to. You know, nothing against those guys. I hope their promotion's doing well, you know. But it's like, come on. I'm like, you know, this is WWE. This, yeah, I'm coming back. Like, like this is going to be a big moment for me. Like, I'm just trying to have fun with it. And, like, people are ruining the surprise. Like, again, these guys, I don't knock them for doing it. I'm not knocking them. A lot of people knock them and say, fuck them, and they're always wrong. They're not always wrong. Most, yeah, there are things that they're wrong about, yes, and they're, they're not going to admit that because this is their livelihood, and they're writing articles and making a good money off of it. I don't blame them for doing it, you know, but they, they have to write something. So if they write, here's the thing, they write, oh, James Ellsworth's coming back at Money in the Bank, and then it happens, it gives them credibility. See what I'm saying? Like, So I Absolutely. get it, but I just don't like it. I just don't like it. <laughs> like, I just wanna be, I want, well, that's I because want to you're a wrestling people, fan anyway. at heart, man. That, that, that's exactly why, is because you, yeah. you really yeah. love wrestling at, at the heart of it. I mean, same with me. Sometimes I, I see some things spoiled, like, uh, you know, the, the other last week when, um, 
when Bailey turned heel. When Bailey turned heel, I I had read it on social media before it happened, and I was so pissed off because it was like, so now I, oh, like I want to see that. Like I wanted to feel that moment of like not knowing what would happen, but instead I read it and saw the the graphic, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had avoided social media like the plague. So, thank God, I just didn't see it on social media, so I'm kind of, like, falling asleep. And, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, shit, this is cool. Like, you know, like it was, it was cool because I didn't know what was going to happen. I was very, like, oh, awesome. You know, and, like, so I, that's what I like to feel as a fan. I like to, man, just be, like, wowed and, like, hell yeah. And, you know, and that was one of the things where I was like, oh, this is real cool. Like, cause I didn't see it on dirt sheets. But, again, I'm not knocking them. They make very good money doing it, and I don't blame them. And, I, and you got, like I said, you, they got to write something so they, it shows they have credibility. And and a lot, like I said, a lot of times they're right, a lot of the times they're wrong. But they have to write something. Right. And that's what any news, any news so, has to say something, has to write something. You know. Guys, you heard it here first. James just said it. Uh, me, James, and Brandon are starting up a wrestling rumor site uh, <laughs> after after this podcast is over because we need to make a little scratch off this thing. So if you want to submit some rumors that you've heard right. in the wrestling business, let us know. I'll take it. So I, I I would never do that because again I just don't like stooging stuff out. I don't like stooging stuff out. Like let's say CM Punk was coming back to w, let's say CM Punk was coming back to WWE at Survivor Series. Right. I would hate to tell anybody if I knew. I wouldn't tell anybody. Like just because right like so people, though. Yeah, you know, like it just you know it's just not my thing. That's all. Everybody has their own thing. I don't knock anybody for doing anything. Like I, it's just not my thing. That's all. The the fun is, the fun is speculating. I've heard CM Punk might come back, but like I don't want to know. Hey, CM Punk's in the building at Survivor Series right now. He's in the truck. He's been spotted. Here's a picture of him. Like as soon as stuff like that happens, I'm like, okay, I really re- didn't want to know that. Back to the money in the bank. Back right. to the money in the bank thing. I like hid in a car, like not like in the back seat of a car. They had a driver drive me from Milwaukee to Chicago an hour and a half because I didn't go through the Chicago airport. That was actually my idea. I remember telling them, so don't fly me in. Like, I was really trying to keep this a surprise to me as much as I can. So don't fly me into Chicago because then it'll be on the dirt sheets that I'm at the Chicago airport. I said, fly me into Milwaukee, it's an hour and a half. And they're like, oh, cool. And they, they liked the idea like so much. They they got me a car, a service car, like, you know, somebody to pick me up. And so when the guy picked me up, I remember hopping the back seat and laying down. And then when I laid down, we pulled up right next to the bus and I had a hoodie on and I walked right out of the car and jumped right on the bus. No fan saw me, nobody. And I remember being on the bus and I was on there for quite some time, like four or five hours waiting for the spot with Oscar and Carmela. I remember being on the bus on my phone, reading the dirt sheets, uh, elsewhere sliding on the bus right now. Oh, no. oh wow. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, how the hell do they know this? Did someone stooged like, you out or something? Was it, was it the bus driver? Did he see you out? <laughs> Somebody had, it's either, it's like, so three people saw me, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of the three people, like, and I'm like, and again, I won't name any of those three people. I'm no, just of like, course not. Well, it's definitely one of these three people, like, or it's, you know, I'm just like, man, you know, it's just crazy. So how, that, I mean, how they're said though. Like, you still got a pretty loud pop when you showed up. Because I think uh, it, the rumblings, was, as soon as you hit the apron, everyone kind of said, "This there's only one person this could be that would help Carmella. And they kind of had the idea. But when you pulled that mask off, you'd have thought Sting showed up to the WWE. <laughs> I think they just missed the character, man. It was seven months between appearances. And I think they just missed it. Like, it was a cool little character, man. Like, it was so fun to portray that character. 
and like I, I still portray the character on the indies and like I recently uh, did a surprise appearance at Cactus League Wrestling in Tucson, Arizona and attacked Priscilla Kelly and I wore a mask and took it up and there was about 300 people there and they all went nuts and chanted holy shit I'm like man this is just how unique this character is like I could show up five years from now and I think people would like you know like they like the character that much where like holy crap it's not i don't think it's an everyday character where it, it, it will it might like i don't feel like i think with the right material i'll never that character will never get stale but i think that character's better off showing up every now and then and go making people go nuts you know you get more out of it that way like it's yeah, and um, that's what we did there i was gone seven months and obviously people missed it because they did man i was one of the loudest ovations I've ever heard from, from me, you know, for my character. And they, they were cra- and it was such a good feeling. I even tweeted about it afterwards. I was like, man, thanks, Chicago. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And I won't. I will never forget that. They were so loud. And they were so... And I remember leaving the arena that night. They had got me a rent-a-car, and I was driving out there by myself, and there was like... And in Chicago, there at the uh, Allstate Arena, there's like a big line of fans outside afterwards, like a 1,000 fans. And I'm driving through, and they were so loud when I was driving, like... Uh, doing, and they they started doing the welcome back chant. Nice. Like as I'm driving away from the arena. What, what a I'm feeling like, that must have been. And dude, uh, it was awesome. And to me, I was like, man, like there's no way they get rid of me for a while. Like this, this is really cool. Like this, is, people are into this again. And then I was only there six weeks. I I don't understand that, but it's cool. It's whatever. Like I'm not. I never get bitter about anything. Like you can question stuff, but again, play couch quarterback and do what you want i mean it was a real special six weeks for me that i i came back did the stuff with carmelo and oscar i had a lot of fun working the two matches with oscar i had a lot of fun falling out of the shark cage I had a lot of fun doing stuff on tv with page page was so i was a big fan of page before i ever made it wwe so i had a great time working with her and you know so i look at that as man like i dude i was so loose when i came back i wasn't worried about if they were going to resign me or or what was like i was like man you know what i've done this before now like i'm gonna act like i've been here before and i'm just gonna have fun with this and i did i had such a good time with that run man like it was it, it was just you know and you know if i if i never go back at least i got that moment where i did come back and i got a big reaction because i did come back and um, yeah, man. So I'm glad we're talking about it because it was a very wonderful time. And I think you can hear, you know, in my opinion, I think that's why people like you, uh, because like you can hear the genuine appreciation you have for all of that. And I think a lot of people would, you know, might be like, well, I came back for only six weeks and they didn't use me and to hell with them, that sort of thing. But you just have such a positive outlook yeah. of like that character can come back again and, and it, it would be so much fun. And, you know, personally, I want to see your character come back because every time I see you on TV, I know if there's one thing I know, it's going to be, it's that I'm going to be entertained. No matter if you're baby face or heel, yeah. there's something about you. Now go ahead and put yourself over a little bit. In your opinion, why do you think that fans just get behind you so much? Like what is it, what is it about you that, that fans get behind? It's just, man, it's it's a Dennis the Menace-like character. You just never know what he's going to do or what he's going to say or how he's going to act. And that's the cool thing, right? Like, there's some wrestlers, they come out every week, they do the same moves, they cut the same promo, they wear the same outfit. Like, the James Ellsworth character, man, like, he went from being the geeky little guy with slick back blonde hair and a T-shirt with his face on it, which was number one for a couple of weeks, might I add. Some <laughs> number one seller. <laughs> but, uh, which, nice. dude, trust me, it, you know how cool it is? That, it's a great T-shirt, by like, the way. Like, I had the number one... <laughs> 
yeah, the number one selling shirt, the number one wrestling company in the world. It was fully for a few weeks, but it happened. And that's, I'm very blessed because of that. I know that, man. I, I've been blessed to do all that stuff. But, yeah, you're, you're like, still making yeah, change from that, right? I mean, well, I think, well, they're all probably just sold out now. All, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I did very yeah. well with it. I did, yeah, I did yeah, very well. Anybody that c- complains about how WWE pays them is lying. Like I got paid very well. I got taken care of very well. I'm like I could sit on my ass for the next five, six years and not not do anything, and I, I would nice. be fine. Like they they do That's great they do hear. really well. That's with great me. to hear. Yeah, like and, and anybody who says they don't is lying. They are lying. They are searching for something, some some sympathy because do they take care of you? And everybody's different. Me. I'm like a Mick Foley. I don't spend money. I don't buy new clothes. I don't like, dude, my money, I don't look at it as my money. I look at it as my kids' money. This is their money for college. This is their money for me to live in this, this house. This is like, you know, they need school supplies. They need, that's honestly how I look at it, dude. I wear like right now I'm wearing a free NWA 70 year anniversary shirt that I got when I wrestled the NWA 70 year anniversary. A pair of tap out shorts that WWE gave me because they gave all their guys free tap out stuff. Nice. I'm wearing that, and I think I'm wearing a free pair of Jordans somebody gave me when I was with Carmella <laughs> a year ago. Like I just, that's awesome. Not, everything I'm wearing was free. Like just that's just me, man. I don't need anything. I came. I grew up in Baltimore. My parents did very well for me, but you know when I was coming growing up in Baltimore, we didn't have much. I had what I needed not what I wanted. And, you know, and I learned a lot from that. Like, you don't need a lot in life. You might want a lot, but you don't need a lot. And you should be thankful for what you have. And yeah, that's just how I am, man. I don't, I don't need anything. I got my health. My kids have their health. That's what matters to me. And that, you know, whatever money I do have is for, you know, it's for their future. And that's the way I look at it, man. That's not trying to sound like a baby face. That's just 100% how I feel. <laughs> so, that's um, awesome, man. yeah, man, like, uh, but going back to, um, uh, your point there, uh, yeah, it's just um, so the James Ellsworth character. It's just so di- like I look different, I walk different, I talk different, I act different than everything else on the show. Like even like Drake Maverick. Like we don't get a lot of comparisons. Like I like Drake Maverick. I think he's entertaining, but we're very different. Like he's a good-looking guy with like a tan and a British accent, and he does right. have a little bit of muscles, and you know he wears cool tights. That's not James Ellsworth. James Ellsworth is a rugged little guy with his two hands and his, you know, he thinks he's cool. At, like, um, what's that movie, Can't Buy Me Love? You guys ever seen that where the guy, like, was so dorky and um, he paid the, the hot girl to go uh, to go out with him. He paid her to pretend like she was going out with him. Like, that's right. um, how I always looked at uh, <laughs> James Ellsworth's character. Or, I gotta look this up. <laughs> what is it called? I was, yeah, go watch that movie. I was. I thought you were talking yeah, about she. Love. She's out of my league, but that's uh, that's a different movie. That's in the same vein, though. Yeah, in the same yeah. vein. Yeah. Do you ever see a uh, Bud Bundy on Married with Children? Yes. Like Bud Bundy, absolutely. Who we get sympathy for because his sister's picking on him, his mother's picking on him, his dad's picking on him, the next door neighbors are picking on him. And then every now and then he would feel himself, and he turned his hat backwards. And, yeah, I'm the man, and everybody knows he's not the man. But you would be like, man, you, you know something bad's about to happen to Bud. Like, I think James Ellsworth and Bud Buddy were so much alike. If you watch Married with Children, go back and watch Bud Bundy. It was a lot of That's James Ellsworth. I, I never thought. Of, I never thought about this. Is it? Is that? Yeah. Would you say you you drew inspiration from there? And then, and where else did you draw inspiration from that character from? Oh, definitely Bud Bundy, one hundred percent. Grandmaster B, uh, the Malibu's <laughs> most wanted. When I turn into Carmel, like that's the oh, funny man. thing with the character, man. Like, 
Like, he went from being this dorky guy, lovable guy that's just trying to be Dean Ambrose's little buddy. Like, he, like, they, like to me, if you watch me as a butthead, Dean Ambrose was Todd, and I was Beavis. Like, I'm trying to be cool <laughs> with Todd. <laughs> and then, like, he went from that to, oh, now I'm hanging out with Carmella. I'm cool. I'm hip. I'm turning my hat backwards. I'm wearing these cool clothes. She's not with me because she's using me. She's with me because I'm cool. That was the case. So, like, like, dude, at any point they could bring me back and I could try to be back with Carmelo or be back with Carmelo. And people right away would be, to me, would be interested in it because it's unique. It's different than everything else on the show. And that's what you want to be. You want to be something that's so different than anything else that's out there. And that's how people pay attention to you. You've got to stick out like a sore thumb. And that's why the James Ellsworth character did the, um, to the audience because he stuck out like a sore thumb. You, you couldn't help but to notice him. And... Um, like and you know, I just very blessed to portray that character, and it's uh, really cool. That's awesome. What are you kind of doing now? Uh, are you or promotion you're working with, or anything like that? Um, you know, I work with Big Time Wrestling. Uh, they they run very good shows up and down the East Coast. I work with Cactus League Wrestling, who's really taken off and runs shows. Mostly, they're based out of Arizona, but they're running shows in L.A., Colorado, um, you know, Texas. Like so, they just started about a year ago and they're really taking off and drawing a lot of people. I run Moans out of Drilling Wrestling. We run Maryland and Pennsylvania. And then um, I picked, dude, I, I wrestled, you know, two or three times a week still on the independents and there's independents all over the world. So there's no loss of work right now. Like in wrestling, it's a great time to be a part of the business. Even if you're not signed, like which I've already blessed have done that, been there, done that, been signed and been with the biggest wrestling company in the world. But you're not, never at a loss of work. Like you, there's, you know, I'm, I'll be 35 years old and I figure I can do this in the next, like, you know, just even if I'm just doing in these next five or seven years, there's enough work out there. There's enough promotions. There's enough promotion starting up and, you know, that you could go to and, uh, and, you know, make a living. And I've been, dude, I've been very blessed to make a living in wrestling since 2016. And I will continue doing this as uh, long as it, I continue to make a living off it. The day I stop making a living off it, today's like, okay, start my own business. And, you know, because I got to take care of my kids. So yeah, that's the main thing. And and right now, this is taking care of the bit, uh, kids better than anything else I could do. So right. and I continue to do it. Is it hard running your own thing and going off doing other stuff with the other promotions? Or is it you all working out? I'm so used to it now, man. Yeah. I've been running my own family. My 10 year anniversary is September the 20th. Oh, um, congrats. You can check everything out. I don't, yeah, adrenalinewrestling.com. Like, I don't really mess with the Instagram or Twitter, but the Facebook, our Facebook's great. That does really good. But, um, yeah, like, no, nah, man, I, I'm just so used to it. Like, I'm used to, I, yeah, I started working when I was 14, working a regular job. And, uh, you know, so 20 years of just work. Like, I'm, I'm used to just working, like, and, and going. I don't think I'll ever stop working. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine being 74. I'm like, all right, that's it, I'm retiring. Like, I, I just, I got to get up in the morning. I got to do something. Like, I, that's just me. And, um, yeah, so it's not, it's not easy running your own promotion by any means. And then, you know, you're wrestling other promotions on top of it. Now, you got to juggle and all. Then you got to spend time with your kids. Then you got to spend time with your girlfriend. Like, I... You know, I'm not sitting around the house doing any, nothing. That's for sure. <laughs> like I'm very busy and I'm blessed to be. And yeah, man, I'll continue to, like I said, do as long as I can. That's awesome, man. And and I mean, um, you know, we've taken up. It's funny. We we said we would allot 20 minutes, 30 minutes here, and, and we're going on an hour. Um, but honestly, this has been amazing, man. Just because. I mean, we've barely scratched the surface of your career, but you've given so much insight, man. But 
you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I will say I'm going to invite you back on. We could tell part two of this story. Um, but James, be- before we let you go, man, any advice you want to give to aspiring wrestlers or anybody out there, especially in regards to the James Ellsworth character and, and how far you've gone in the business? Well, anybody aspiring to be in wrestling, I would say find a school where people that have traveled the world and done this for a living are teaching. Like I was very blessed to be about around Axel Rotten who taught me and who traveled the world was an ECW did some stuff for WWF and, you know, made a living wrestling all around the world, you know, Japan. And, um, so that's who I was around. He was, you know, he was known for the hardcore stuff cause that's how he got famous, but he was a very smart wrestler, man. He used to wrestle in Memphis with Lawler and he was a very, very smart wrestler. Like I'll tell you a eerie story. So 2015, a year before I made it, we were just in a car. This is very like, I think I've told this on one other podcast. This is very eerie. He told me, man, you're just so good at promos. He's like, if the right person just saw you cut a promo, he's like, I'm not saying you would be world champion. He said, but I'm saying like, I think you would get it. He's like, I'm saying you would get a job like doing something, whether it's a manager or, like, you know, or just, you know, a wrestler to talk shit and gets beat up real quick. He's like, cause you're very good at it. You got a very good talent at it. He's like, he's like, if the right person ever saw you, something might happen for you. Fast forward to a year later and he had died a few months before yeah. the thing, man, which is, it, it sucks. Like it, he was one of my best friends, not only my trainer, like, you know, he had his demons. He couldn't shake them. We all mess up and have our bullshit and he just couldn't shake it. And like, and, you know, I don't, I'm not mad at him for it. Like, it just addictions, uh, you know, it's, it's a real thing. Like, luckily, I've never done drugs in my life. You know, I, again, I, I've seen on the internet that I've done drugs. I've never touched a drug in my life. I don't smoke cigarettes. I think cigarettes are disgusting. <laughs> like, just, right. I hardly drink. I, I have a few of the bubbly every now and then. <laughs> the bubbly. But, I, can't, I can't believe bubbly. that took off so, so much. Jer- that, Dude, anything. <laughs> anything Jericho touches, right? <laughs> Who's who's cooler than Chris Jericho? That's the thing. He's just so cool, man. Just, who's cooler than him? Like James Ellsworth. You know, he's almost. <laughs> nah, nah, I don't. I don't think so. Dude's almost fifty, and he's cooler than most twenty-five-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, he's just amazing. Dude, not the sidebar, anyway, like, not the sidebar too much, but the man lost the AEW title legitimately and filed a police report and was able to turn chicken shit into chicken salad and almost ba- basically make it a storyline. And then, dude, he he got the title back the next day. Like, right. that's the funny part. It was, and it, there, there's a legit police report out about it. They're legitimate. not working people. Yes, it's on the Tallahassee <laughs> yeah. Police Department website. But uh, speaking of spoiling stuff, I know we touched on it, but, like, literally, they the police said they found it. And if you notice, they deleted that post, like, very, very quickly. I can almost see AEW being like, hey, don't tell people you found that title because we're going to work that oh, into TV. <laughs> Well, man, they 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 can make missing shirts with the belt on it. Last seen, you know, in Chicago on August thirty first. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been great. Like absolutely. I mean, I think I think they can still do it. People would buy it, just like those uh, um, the bubbly shirts. Like if they make those, they're gonna fly off the shelves like right away. Like dude, that's, that's not that's even rehearsed, thing, man. man. He didn't. It's not like he thought to say that. He was just going to catering, talking about salami, and then he saw the champagne. He said one little line, a little bit of the bubbly, and it's just taken it's off on on the internet like wildfire. Oh, I do like. Look, I'll always like. I, I'm trust me. I love the shirt they made for me. It was again. I was very blessed. It was the number one shirt. But man, if they would have made a shirt that said "Any man with two hands is a fighting chair," like you know what I mean? I would have been right. so happy because that there's nothing like there's nothing like 
you created this and now it's popular. Like you did it. And that like, dude, I really like, I started saying duh and I started saying on TV and then I was told not to say it anymore, but like that was oh. catching on him. Like, cause that was so annoying, man. Like I was a heel and I was going duh after every word. I'm like, this is going to catch on. And I remember being at house shows that people had signs saying duh in the crowd. I'm like, look, it's catching on. I was telling Carmella, like, in the ring at a high show, I'm like, look, they got a dog sign. She laughed and she's like, oh my god, it, it's it's it, it is catching on. Then they're like, yeah, don't say it anymore. I'm like, ah, damn. Uh, <laughs> dude, I gotta give you credit though. You, you weren't there. You were there two years, but you got so many things over. Just like you're you're in to me. You're with the Drake Mavericks, the R Truths, and Carmelos, of course, of the world. Where it's like it doesn't matter what you're given. It just you make it your own and you 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 make it work. Mark. But that, that's the thing, man. It's not how many times you do something or how long you do something. It's how did you do it and did you do it well and did you create memories that people are going to... Like, dude, like, you watched Walking Dead? Yeah. So, so okay, Shane lasted two seasons. And we're right. in season yeah. 10. And right. that, I miss Shane. That's true. Like, God, Shane was awesome. He was, dude, he was a memorable character. You'll never forget Shane in The Walking Dead. He only did two seasons. He, he was in season one. He died in season two. Spoiler alert. And, uh, like, it, <laughs> and here's a, here it is. We're, we're going in uh, season 10. And I'm like, man, I miss Shane. He was such a badass. You know, like, I miss that guy. So it's, it's, it's about what you did while you were there. And Shane, was a, he was a heel. He was, you know, doing stuff to the dude's wife. <laughs> like, you know, just... It, and you, you miss that. So it's that's what I've learned. It's not longevity. It's did you create memories for people? There's been wrestlers that are going to be in WWE 10 years longer than me or have been there 10 years longer than me before that they, didn't, you know, uh, they weren't blessed enough to have those money in the bank moments, those moments with AJ Styles or Braun Strowman or wrestling for the world title. Or like, dude, I cherish those moments because I know I was blessed to have them, be blessed to be put in those positions. And, um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, and I just always look at it positively. Hey, Ellsworth for the Hall of Fame, ladies and gentlemen. Putting it out there right now. Just making it happen. Yeah, I do a little more before that. So, <laughs> so James, James, before we let you go, if you had to, you know, and since we're talking about couch booking, armchair bookers, if you will, if you had to book a scenario where you came back to WWE, what would be your dream scenario right now? Oh man, it's that's easy. Like you know, I I think anybody can. It writes itself. Like I come out of nowhere, I pin our true for the twenty four seven title, and <laughs> Carmella looks at me and she's shocked, and I look at her and, and she goes, "Oh my God, James, it's so good to see you!" And then she gives me a big hug, and then she knees me in the nuts, and then she pins me and she wins the twenty four seven title. Like I think the James Ellsworth character, no matter what Carmella does to him, always should love her. Like always should be in love with and like do whatever he like, like she could always get over on him like i say how big of a reaction would that be if like i come out of nowhere i roll him up i pin him i have the little 24 7 title and then she looks at me oh my god so happy to see you gives me a hug knees me in the groin and then pins me <laughs> like, and wins Dude, the you, i know you can't like, see us right now but we're grinning ear to ear just listening to it and imagining it so i can only imagine <laughs> Like, it'd be just hilarious, you know, but I mean, dude, uh, just a, a scenario where I came back at all would be cool. And, you know, like I said, uh, it, it, you never know with them, man. It could be two months from now. It could be five years from now. It could be never. You just never know. But like, no matter what, man, I always cherish my moments there and we'll always, uh, it'll always be fond memories and, and I'm not bitter about anything. I'm very, very happy and blessed that I got to do any of it. So. 
Yeah, man. I, I think that's a good way to end, man. And James, I mean, personally, again, thank you so much for even taking a chance on us. We know you don't do a lot of podcasts. And I mean, look at the names of the podcasts you've done. The Stone Cold podcast, the the you know Chris Jericho's podcast, you know, um, some big names, Taz's podcast. And yet you chose us, just two marks sitting in the rooms. You decided to take an hour out of your time and, and talk to us. And honestly, man, it means a lot. Uh, this has been one of my favorite episodes. Um, thank you so much for that. And, and hopefully, man, we see you either on WWE with the 24-7 title or maybe causing some controversy in a- AEW. Either way, hope to see you, hey, you soon, never, man. You never, you never know, man. Just, uh, I appreciate you guys for having me on, and I'm going to um, have a little bit of the bubbly, and then I'm going to go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> Thanks again, man. Have a good All right. Two hands, have a 40 